Okay, only hair fever sufferers in the house this morning, eh? Last few days. Tough, eh? It's been tough. And uh, I just had said to Isabel, silly me, what was that, two weeks ago? I had says, I can't, maybe I'm healed for hair fever and that's snuff all this year. And then Friday, oh boy, I didn't have really busy two, three weeks, different reasons, funerals, uh, Kevin and Margaret Pete was up, I think we sort of coming in and before summer season, and so Abdi tries to cram in meetings before then. And then uh, I still had my sermon to prepare for fr on Friday, which is never a good thing. I like to ken I'm speaking on, on the Monday. People say, how long does it take to prepare a sermon? A whole week. If you can't feel speaking on on the Monday, you think about it until Sunday for the Monday. But lo and behold, it was such a, a week. And then I thought, okay, Friday will keep clear. Oh, I couldn't think of nothing on Friday. I joined doing a few things. Pouring, and I teen one peel and teen two peels, and it says this doesn't make you drowsy. It makes you dopey. For them, that hey, I didn't need one thing to mark my dopey. It says, I want to make you drowsy. You can probably still drive, but nah, you're not much for thinking. And so, Saturday morning, I had a good sleep Friday night, and Saturday morning, I got up and I just started reading before the kids go to their beds. And so, this was my quiet time, really, on Saturday morning. I thought, well, this just sounds like not so much of a hair feverish message. Uh, go for God. Go for God. I think Jesus is going to stick a stick of dynamite or power in the church. And uh, the way that we have been doing church for a while, I think God is, is going to change it. Um, I'll unpack us a bit but the reality is, God says to us, soon as you're saved, go. Go into the world. Do you believe that God has sent you as a missionary into your sphere of influence with the good news? Like a white church set up in the Western world, we rely heavily on groups, and that's good. We've got youth groups, kids groups, and between groups, and alpha groups and things like that, and I think a lot of that has become easy for us, especially things like alpha, then it's okay, invite people, we'll watch a video pre-packed, pre-made, great videos, and then some pre-packed, pre-made questions, and let's discuss, there's nothing wrong with that, some of us has been saved through alpha, but I think God is wanting to reignite the church for individual ministry and for you, the church, to realize that you are as soon as you get saved, God has chosen you to be a, a gospel ambassador in this community. And we should be coming with stories on Sunday how we've shared our faith when miracles has happened. Listen to this that Jesus says in John chapter 20. You've probably read it some of you many a time. That's a time after Jesus trained his disciples for three years. He's been crucified. They scatter like sheep through a shepherd. He comes back. The great comeback story. Death could not hold him. He's a resurrected king. Yet, the disciples are afraid, scared for their lives. But Jesus turns up. 
That's, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors. They were so scared, they locked the door for fear if it happened to Jesus, their master was going to happen to them, scared for their lives. Behind locked doors, they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there amongst them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands. He proved, I am he. Showed them the nail-pierced hands, the thorns, crowned of thorns that would have went in to his skull. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. Now, listen to this. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. You're convinced that Jesus was sent for God, aren't you? That's why we're here, the Son of God, Son of Man. If you're not convinced, I'll try and convince you that Jesus was set apart, born through a virgin, Mary, fully God, fully man. He came to show us how man was supposed to live being totally available and totally reliant upon a holy Father, holy God. Jesus says, I only do the things I see my Father doing. Every second or every day or every moment that Jesus lived on earth apart from the cross, and he who knew no sin became sin and says, Father, Lord, why have you abandoned me? There was that moment of separation. He knew intimately the voice, the heartbeat, the grace, and the person of our loving Father. And we would say, Jesus, we are convinced that you are sent. We are mission. We are purpose. We are calling. We are convinced that you are unstoppable, that even a dead son or a widow would come alive if you touched but the coffin. We are convinced that he could walk on water. He could turn water into wine. That he could heal the leper. We are convinced that he was sent full of power, full of miracles. That even as he spoke, the crowds would be in amazement because they would say that he spoke as one who had authority. This was God on earth, speaking in parables, moving in signs, wonders, and miracles. You are convinced, I'm sure, that God sent Jesus into this world, that He would show, become the visible image of an invisible God. He sat with sinners. He sat with people that swore and got drunk and had hang-ups and spoke rude jokes. He sat with them. He says, I haven't come to call the righteous them that think they're well. Oh, I've came. I've came for the sinner. Them that will say they need a doctor. Them that see the need for themselves to be saved. I've came for them and I'll sit with them. And he also came for some religious people for Nicodemus. He would meet in the middle of the night and explain to him that it was to be born again. Now the flesh, but the spirit. Are you convinced that Christ was sent for God? And Jesus said, 
in the same way the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. It's as convinced as we are as Jesus was sent by the Father, we have to be convinced to ourselves as the Father sent Jesus, Jesus sends us in the exact same way. So if it changed, Christ ministered through His body on earth. He said, here is my wounds. They pierced me. They nailed me to the cross, but I live again. Hallelujah. Acts of the apostles. I would never, ever, I've got no issue we honor the written word of the Bible. The only issue I have is the naming of the Acts of the apostles. I never think it should have been called the Acts of the Apostles, neither I'm better than a Bible scholar, but you read it, and they would say, if they came back and spoke to us, it's a continual work of Jesus, if it's an act of anybody, it's an act of Jesus, continuing through His body, through the Apostles. You read it, and every story is to do with the Apostles, but it's always to do with Jesus, and always to do with the Holy Spirit. We call the Acts of the Apostles it's not the Acts of the Apostles. It's the Acts of Jesus, the continual work. He started his letter, Luke, and says, I began to tell you everything that Jesus did before. And now I'm continuing to tell you that Jesus continues to do. But if it changed, Jesus was crucified, ascended to the right hand of the Father the day of Pentecost. They were meeting in the upper room. And the Holy Spirit came. The tongues of fire, blowing wind, the body of Christ on earth. Near the physical body that's at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, but a spiritual body. The Apostle Paul would write about a spiritual body that you are the hands and the feet of Jesus. God is still moving through the Spirit of Christ, through His body. Do you believe that as soon as you are saved, you turn to Jesus, that you become grafted and part of the body of Jesus? And Jesus says, as I have been sent by the Father, so I send my body out, the church. And they're different tribes and denominations, one body, the church, no longer Jesus in Jerusalem in a body, but the church in the year 2023 and fellowships are on the globe, but still one body is Christ as the head. And Jesus says, as the Father sent me out, I send my body out to do the works of God to show the world that there's a Jesus that loves them. But do we believe it, that we are missionaries? Missionaries are not somebody we send money to that work in poor countries. God is calling His church back to a missionary lifestyle, that we will believe, I am sent for Jesus. How was Jesus sent? through miracles, and through a life dependent upon the Father, God, 
and was completely available to him at every moment. And God will hear his body that will waken up, that will have ears to hear for the Spirit of sin, and will simply be a bunch of people that look like you. Hallelujah! And look like me, and will simply say, I am available to be sent. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. As the Father has sent me, I send you. We've got to look at one or two examples. The title of the sermon is Go, Go for God. Go for God. Go for God. Go for God. Jesus, as we come ruin your holy word, your precious word, we pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We pray for good seed to land on good soil. We're not looking for me to be glorified. We're looking for Jesus Christ to be exalted through your word. We open for open hearts that might bear fruit to the kingdom that they would be sent out with the confidence, with the power, with the anointing, the Holy Spirit upon our lives. Christ, time is short before you come back. We're living in the end times. And God, this dying lost world deserves a church that is on fire and unashamed. And we'll not buckle at truth, but stand firm on the truth, this message of grace that saves people and impacts people's lives. Come, anoint your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When I was reading yesterday, I, I was just reading through Acts, and the amount of times in the Acts of the Holy Spirit, the Acts of Jesus, that this word is mentioned, go. Go, go, go. The first two letters of God is go. The first two letters of the good news is go. And God, with the good news, continually told His people through angels and through dreams and through the Holy Spirit, go. I'm leading you. I'm leading you. I'm leading you to go. To people that was available to Him. As soon as we get in the habit or we go to church. I'm available to God between half past ten, and depends how long Kevin chooses to keep you hostage for, or somebody else that's speaking, roughly the back of twelve. Totally available to God during church times. It's a time of God. It's in God's day. It's a time of praise and worship for the body of Christ. Meet them. Fabu in between. Fabut for half twelve on a Sunday. For me again as a church, ten o'clock on a Sunday morning. How available really are we? How available are we are to be a missionary? I'll say the Broch, it could be St. Combs, it could be Belgar, it could be Gamre, it could even be Rosati. Can good things happen in Rosati? Yes, they can. God can birth something amazing. I believe. If a tuner here, the Holy Spirit, to God, open hearts, open minds, they're getting too far ahead of God, they're trying to rush Jesus, being content at Him. But imagine if everybody in here for the next week became available to be used by God as missionaries in the Northeast. Do you think it would be effective? I think it would be really effective. 
if we didn't wait for church events to be planned and for leaders to beg you to take your people, for church to grow through events is one thing. I believe God is birthing a missionary's heart amongst His people that will be available to go. The first go that I realized was this. I might have been many more, and I'll pick out three. Peter, through virtue of preaching Jesus, got jailed. In verse 17 of chapter 5, the high priest and his officials, who were Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. I think I spoke about this too long, but the jealous spirit. Beware of the jealous spirit. For every time God moved in power, you see a spirit of envy upon religious systems that just wasn't working. And they got jealous of Jesus because He was the real deal. They crucified Jesus because He was the real deal, and people stopped following the Sadducees, the Pharisees, religious systems that was broken. As you would, they followed the real deal, the guy that can multiply fish and multiply loaves, that can raise the dead. They left the broken system and went after the real deal, the multitudes. So they got jealous because the leaders of the religious system thought, hold on, if they all go after him, I've got to be putting money in the offering. Our jobs are gone. Hey, why put this, Jesus? We are pure jealousy. And then the body of Christ started to move again through power of the Holy Spirit. Miracles start to happen. At the beautiful gate, there was a lame man. Peter, could I give him some money, silver and gold I do not have in the name of Jesus? Get up and walk. This was God in action. They threw Jesus in the flesh, because you would expect a holy God to move through a perfect man, through an ex-fisherman, just available. A bunch of guys. We are the imperfections that you have. Get set free. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. What happened? The religious system that was brought got jealous again, so shoved them in jail. They arrested the apostles, put them in the public jail. But an angel of the Lord, do you believe in angels? I'm not going to sing to you, but I believe in angels. Consistently through, if you heard me singing a few weeks ago, you would ken why I'm not singing this morning. Believe in angels is biblical. We are sent to serve them that are inheriting salvation. You and me, I wonder if our angel does through the week as we get on and we just wait for church on a Sunday. But I believe if we become available, we'll receive angelic help. You believe that? The angels want to help us. They're looking for people to be available. An angel of the Lord came at night. Came at night. The time that they needed a mist. Opened the gates of the jail. Brought them out. Then he told them, Go. Go to the temple and give the people this message of life. Go. Go with God. They're in jail. They might have been either singing their hallelujahs as Paul and Silas was or 
feeling a bit aggrieved. In the middle of the night, an angel shows up, releases them from prison, and says, go. And they stay, and they hear holy huddle, and they bask in the presence of an angel, and they converse only longer with an angel, but with a mission. Go and tell the people the message of life. Go and tell the people the message of life. As we, the body of Christ, are available as missionaries to God on planet Earth, He will send you out with a message, and you need to know what the message is. It's a message of life. It's never the message of death. Paul would write many years later about the ministry of death. And he wrote to a church that started with the ministry of life. They received salvation through faith. And he also wrote to the church in Galatians, did God not work miracles through you, through Holy Spirit? Was that not through faith? Or was it through works? Then he would write to a church, who has bewitched you? The ministry of death has captivated to you. If it started in revival through faith, you've now come under the work of the law. The ministry of death. The ministry of life is this. Jesus died for you, a sinner. And as the prophets would say, even in the, during the time of the old covenant, Come to God that you would live. Repent for your sins. Turn to Christ that you would live. And churches would spring up with the gospel of life. But then if they got through life and through faith, people would come in and say, <clears throat> really, it's about obeying the law. If you obey the law, you tithe, you turn up. Do good things. You do that. Then God will bless you. You do these things. Make yourself right with God. Then He will move. And the Apostle Paul would say this, Who has bewitched you? That's a ministry of death. The ministry of life is this, Come meet Jesus, the resurrected King. He will transform your life. And He will shape you. He will form you into His image. Will you do good things? Yes, you will. Will your life be transformed? Yes. God will transform your life. Will your family life get better? Yes, it will. Not because you're so good at keeping the law, but God is so good. And you've encountered Him through faith. You're hearing us this morning. We have, if it's still up on the screen, the message of life. Far felt more alive when they got saved than they ever did before. You knew something has happened. You just knew. Leonard Ravenhill used to say, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. Jesus didn't go through a 
sinless, spotless life became the Lamb of God that was slain, brutally crucified, rose again to make a bunch of bad people good, to make a bunch of people that sin a lot just to sin a little less. The Bible doesn't agree with that thinking. It says you were dead, gone, lost, forever, in your transgressions and your sin. You might have breathed a breath, but in God's eyes you were not alive. You were lost. Your spirit, dead. And Jesus spoke to Nicodemus about being born, born again. John would write, Nay, or a natural birth. Nay, because mommy and daddy decided to give birth to you in a moment. A spiritual rebirth that marks people come alive in Jesus' name. You have received your resurrection. You are the Lazarus that was dead, and Jesus spoke to come out. He has made you alive, alive in Jesus. He has set you free by the sting of death. And the message that God wants us to go with into this community and the neighbors and the young people and our people, I'm sorry, it's not come to church and be a better person. It really is not. It's come to Christ and come alive, truly alive. The alive that you were supposed to be. But Satan stole your aliveness. He stole your life. Come to Christ in the finished work of the blood, active, and setting you free. The power of resurrection within. Go with confidence, people. Our messages now just uh, oh, I got saved and come to church will be fine. One day you'll get to heaven and just be like us, miserable. We didn't go to the bingo, we didn't dance, we didn't socialize like the world. We've got a real lot of groupies. Join our groupies. It's really nice. You'll grow to love us. You'll grow to like us. <laughs> but part of our club, we don't look like much, but you'll, you'll grow. You'll grow to like us, I'm sure. Attend at least, just give us a few services. The angel says, no, 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 Peter. You're not inviting people to your little cell group. You're going. You go for God with this message. The message of life. Do you feel confident, church, that you have the message of life? Something to offer to everybody on this planet that is dead. Coffee, God, we go, we are message of life, and as you need to say, like the blind little boy that Jesus touched, and he got teen before the Sanhedrin, and they says, tell me something about this guy that touched you. How can you see again? He says, I know nothing but this. I once was blind. I, I can't tell you the scriptures. I can't interpret them. I haven't got the brains, and I haven't time to study, but this I know. This I know. And that man laid his hands on me. I think he's maybe a prophet. I was blind. But now I see. That's all you need. Something happened. When I turned to Jesus, inside I was dead. Now I live. And he can cause you to live as well. 
And he can give you hope as well. Explain the triune God. Nesur of Akan. But this I know. When he touched me, when he touched me, everything changed. I came alive. Let's go. Let's go with the true message of the gospel. He's a loving God. Sin is still sin. But didn't expect the world to live without sin. Jesus says, if you are expecting a sinless, pure life in the world, you're not going to find it. You'll be as well removing you through the world. But show them. Show them life. Show them fair it is to fall in love with Jesus. Show them fair it is to be kind in spite of people hating you. Go. Go for God. And then I flicked out a few pages, and here we have an interesting guy. Acts chapter 8. The church was persecuted. An interesting thing. Jesus says, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The church got localized in Jerusalem until persecution came. And it was persecution that forced the early church to fulfill what Jesus says, that to take the church, the message of the gospel, it moved from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. You read Acts. The only why they went to Samaria through Philip was through persecution. We can shout about the church being persecuted today because we're so persecuted and walk and all that. But maybe persecution needs to happen for the church to shift gears and to go to places we would never have gone if we just sailed for safe church. We need to know the Word of God, stand on the truth, get this missionary life in our hearts, being available to God. Acts chapter 8, I'll read for verse 26. As for Philip, and here we go again, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south. I just love that story. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. So them that are available, you imagine you're sitting here in your quiet time. This is how God tells you, go south. This sounds more exciting to me than just coming to church and doing ministry by a weekly timetable. Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza, near the football player, okay? So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia. They think that this is how the gospel came to Africa. You can find that out simply through Google. And, uh, or external things, documents that would back up the Bible. Whether it is, whether this, that's another point that this burst the gospel in Africa. A eunuch, a great authority under the Kandaki, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning, seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, this type of intimacy, this type of go moment is available to you. Jesus says, if I have been sent like this, available to God, I'm sending my people. Go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip at this point has no real idea what he's doing. As he's heard, as an angel in Holy Spirit say, go. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? 
he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of Scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb is silent before the shearers. He did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was a prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. The good news about Jesus. It started with a go. He's hearing his quiet time and he just says, go. Go into the desert. I'm not going to tell you if it's ahead of you. I'm not going to explain everything about this eunuch that could potentially give the gospel of Africa. I'm just going to tell you, go. And we'll see if it happens on the way. An angel turns up and it said, go. And as he got a little, just a little farther, God says, that's the one. That's why you're supposed to meet. On a carriage. And Philip went to him, we is go. And here's a eunuch. Reading the word of God. Reading something he does not understand. He's reading Isaiah. And Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? How can I, in verse 31, unless someone instructs me? Amazing that God sees a man reading his Bible, a searching heart, and he's looking for somebody to send, to explain to this eunuch that he is reading. And so he goes to Philip, and one eye on the eunuch, I think that's how you pronounce it. Sorry if it's not eunuch. Eunuch. That's a broch eunuch word, isn't it? Hey. The broch eunuchs. Just, just go. Go to the desert. And I'll meet you there. And I'll tell you. Where they are. As a confused reader of the Bible. Do you understand what you're reading? How can I? I need somebody to explain this. I'm your man. That scripture you're reading, let me tell you about Jesus and how he was a sheep that was to the slaughter, how he was silent before the shearer, how he didn't open his mouth when he went to the cross, how he's got descendants and his messages to go that are at the ends of the world. I believe on my heart that, that this, if we would be a go people, go for God, you would be surprised. How much people in this community are thinking of faith and thinking of Jesus before you show up? A lot of confused people. How can I make sense of this? I had a dream. It was like a father of lights turned. How can I make sense of this? And people are wondering, how can I make sense? I'm starting to think of heaven. I'm starting to think of Jesus. I'm starting to think of the all hands I maybe learned. And then I hope God can trust us with a go. And I believe if we would be a missionary going people, that we will show up and speak to people. And God will have already ordained our path that we will meet with people and people will say, something's going on in my life. I need somebody to explain it to me. Maybe some Christian 
Maybe somebody that's available. Maybe somebody that's heard the world go. Maybe somebody that feels a bit like a missionary. Maybe somebody that is able and willing to be sent as Jesus was sent into the world, that they too would be sent. And we would turn up to people and they would say, I'm reading something. I picked up the Bible. I blew the dust off. I'm reading Psalm 23 about the shepherd. We would just have to say, I was going to say like taking candy for a baby, but like easier than that. Giving candy to a baby is easier than taking candy for a baby. It's about Jesus. Do you think the only people that God is moving in in this community is people that turn up to church on a Sunday and are already committed to Him? Or Jesus spoke about the move of the Spirit. It's like the wind. Nobody cares when it starts. Nobody cares when it ends. I know the day I got saved, but the Spirit was moving before that day in my life. God is moving in people's lives in this community. I did not doubt it for a second. And I believe the harvest is ripe if we would be available. I'm not trying to conjole you into the flesh here to do something of the work or if you are able to do on way. But if the church would be available, would hear the heartbeat of the go. Go to the desert. Go to the highways. Go into that shop. You don't feel like that. I'm sending you into that shop. Cross the pavement. Speak to that guy. Go. And as we go, we'll find that God has went before us and has already inspired faith in people. I walked into a shop in Friday. In a shop, it was Good Good Father was playing, casting crowns. I said, that's really good music you're playing. I said, I can't stop listening to casting crowns. I said, you're a woman of faith. I'm never sure what that means. But I really enjoy casting crowns. I said, why do you enjoy it? Something happens. Like something I've never experienced in other music. My husband would both listen all the time. I listen to what I'm doing, who's work. All the time. Well, this is easy then, isn't it? <laughs> if you're experiencing as the Holy Spirit, Jesus really loves you. He's already got your hand in the life. You should consider Him as your Lord and Savior. I gave my life to Jesus years ago. I encountered life. I've never looked back since. He's really, he's really more amazing than you ever think He is. And by the fact that you are listening to faith music, God has got you. And then she said, well, I was forced to go to church. My idea of church, nah, I'm not inviting you to church. But if you do want to go to church, <laughs> I'm not inviting you to Jesus, but if you do want to go to church, right in place. Will I ever see her? Who knows? She's maybe here this morning. I've never met Abdi here this morning. Lead people to Jesus. Go. Unsafe people are our way. God is working in their lives met another guy on the beach? It's a great question. I spent a lot of my Christian life trying to, you want to come to church? Try and see. Mm. Better question than that. You can use it or not. Or you might think I'm a heretic. Do you have faith? It's a good question. Are you a person of faith? Let's get to it. Have you got faith? Spoke to a guy on the beach. Yeah. It's fragile fragile faith. I said, so you're saying you hid faith, but it's fragile. 
you came the way back then. So you may experience life. A real faith. A faith that stands firm. God is born the church, but led by the Spirit. Lastly, this is a brave guy, Ananias. It's just a chapter after Acts chapter 9, verse 10. Saul has already persecuting the church. He's gone away, dragging Christians out, persecuting them, putting them to death. And then he encounters a bright light, and Jesus gets personal because when people persecute the church, Jesus doesn't turn up and say, why are you being bad to my people? He says, you are persecuting me, the body. You're messing with my people. You're messing with me. Saul thought he was just coming against a religion that he didn't believe in. He was coming against Jesus himself. Jesus shows up in the road to Damascus and says, why are you against me? What do you not like about me? Why are you persecuting me? And then God zapped him, caused him to be blind, but would call him to be a light unto the Gentiles. Very strangely, the God that caused him to be blind could cause him to see. God moves in mysterious wise. We'll end with this final point. Verse 10, now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling, Ananias. This should be your response. Near the day, Lord, I'm I'm catch up in my box. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord says, go. He says to Peter, go share the message of life, he says to Philip. Go to the desert place to meet a eunuch. And then he shows up to Ananias. You see the parallels? Go over to Straight Street. I love that name, Straight Street. You've got to find a guy I've straightened out. He used to be crooked, straightened him out. Straight Street, the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I would have said exactly the same thing. I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. He is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord says, go, 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 go. For Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him. The last time I'll ever hear Ananias, I believe he'll get the same reward as Saul ever did as an apostle. If it wasn't for Ananias' obedience, Saul would have died a blind man unless God got somebody else. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road, he sent me. Jesus says, as I send, was sent for the Father, and I send people. He sent me so that you might regain your sight, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. He regained his sight, got up, 
He was baptized. He ate some food. It's always a good service when there's food involved. And he ate. Lastly, would you go? Interestingly, we just see God as this great father and a perfect gentleman that always asks for permission before he does a single thing on planet earth. God showed up to Ananias and says, go. Ananias says, oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> Wait there a minute. Saul, you and me go straight straight to go, Saul, this is some trick, surely. That's the very same guy that the church is scared of. The very same guy that was dragging kids, young people, kicking and screaming, breaking up families, putting people to death. You and me, to go to him? Surely that's a joke. But then God says this, I've already told him you'll be showing up. I've already told him, if you don't go, I'll need to find another Ananias. I've already told Saul, he's praying to me, and he's blind. I've already had a conversation with him. He's expecting you. Will you go? But he's really bad. I've already told him. A good father and a respectable, your God, would have asked you first as an Ananias and says, Ananias, before I speak to Paul, will you go? Because if you do, I could then tell him to be expecting you. And if I get your yes, and then I'll go to Paul, blind Paul, and say, look, Paul, I've spoke to Ananias. He's given me the green light. He's coming to go. He's got to travel here. He'll be here in about three, four hours with his go. He'll lay hands on you. Expect him. Then you will see again. You'll be a light unto the Gentiles. It's not if God did. God went to Paul in blindness, or Saul as he was then, after an encounter him, he said, you will remain blind. I'm not sure why God didn't just zap him and cause him to see again. Maybe God was teaching Paul, for all your life so far, You've lived a life through these physical eyes. Now, trust me, you want to be led a different way. It'll involve different people. You want to rely on me and on other people. It's a way the body of Christ works. Relying on God, and we need Abdi to get the job done. We need Ananias to step up. There's no one missionary, one pastor, and Abdi else takes a break. It's always doing God's work in this community. Yuima? Yuima? That's getting louder. Yuima? Okay. So he says to Paul, before I even have a conversation, I've got to convince him. I see his heart. He's a believer. Expect him. He's got to come lay hands on you, and you've got to see again. God had already joined the dots before he got to Ananias. He was just, will you go? Please go. I've already spoke to him. He'll be expecting. How much people in this community God's already spoken to? They'll be expecting us. They'll be expecting us. They'll be waiting for the conversation, waiting for somebody to make sense of what this life really means and what it is to be alive and alive to God. What it really means. 
We're so persecution focused in the Western church. The greatest, fastest growing church, Mark and Sharon is more qualified to tell you than me, last year was Iran. Fastest growing church per head of population. Sorry if I'm wrong. <laughs> Iran. Because they've got it. These Christian communities have got it. Every one of them is a missionary. They go. They go. They go. Western, we come. We get fed. We'll see you next week. Hopefully it's a good service. People get saved in these countries. They become like Jake. Soldiers. Obedience. It's not an if or a but or a maybe. He's the commander-in-chief. He is Lord. And if I'm an Ananias and he is Lord, if he says go, even though I don't like that person, even though that person, a persecutor of the church, if he's Lord of my life and they just save you, and they just somebody that I think is fine and I praise and pray to, you'll go. You'll go because he's Lord. You'll go because you can and they need the message as well. When you pray for the persecuted church, maybe somebody was praying for Saul and then God shows up and says, I'm about to save that guy. I just need somebody to go and pray. We um, I'll end with this. Harvest. The harvest is ripe. You believe that? Harvest is ripe. Harvest is ripe. He's looking for people that will go. Matthew 9, chapter 35, we'll, we'll finish here. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. He healed every kind of disease and illness. He saw the crowds. He had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He says to his disciples, this is the same as the, as the day. Harvest is great. Them that are willing to go, very few. The harvest is great. Them that are available to be used by God, very few. The harvest of souls is great. I've worked in the people. They're preparing some, I've prepared some people to hear the gospel. But them that say yes, very few. And then he said, please pray the Lord for us, who is in charge of the harvest. Pray the Lord for us in charge of our, and it's the Lord's harvest, not the church's. Ask him to send more workers. Ask him to send more people that are available. Ask him to send more people that are willing to be sent as I was sent. Ask God to send more people with the message of life. Ask God to send more people that when they're having their quiet time and when they're gone their daily business, if I say go, they will go. Ask God to send more people that will encounter angelic beings. See, prison doors open, chains fall, and go with the message of life. Ask of the God of the harvest that will go even though I send them to them that are persecuting and hating on the church. Through our discussion, they will go. Ask the Lord to send and to raise up people that will go for God. People that will not be satisfied attending simple services, listening to fine words. 
As long as it doesn't impact too much on their private life and their private hobbies and their private devotional time and their private waywardness, as long as it doesn't encroach on that, they'll sit and be happy. God says, ask me to raise up workers, soldiers that will say yes, people that will be waiting for the go of God. And so the disciples went and prayed in the next chapter. God sent the very same people that God instructed to pray for the harvest. He got them together. And he says, now you go. Go, lay hands on the sick that they will recover. Cast to demons, raise the dead. Go with the message of the kingdom. Then I go to the Gentiles yet, for the gospel will not come to the Gentiles until been raised for the dead, but he says to the church, will you go? Far does he instruct the church to go? Go and invite people to the highways, to the byways. Invite them to the feast. There's a spiritual life for every Christian. I feel as though this morning it's a commissioning service, but the church would be commissioned to go. To go. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. This morning, I'm going to pray for this. In Elam, after I get, it's a really long process actually, I'll never bore you where you are, but after a, after a process of many years, you then get your ordination certificate. You get a certificate that you're extremely proud of, and that's the moment you become a minister. Yet God does not wait to the end of a race to ordain His people and to cause them to be confident in the gospel. But he calls people as soon as they turn to him to follow him, to be part of his body, that he would be in charge, that they would be anointed, that his spiritual ears to hear, spiritual eyes to see, they would be available for the go. God, pray a prayer. that God would cause us to be missionaries, but you would have supernatural ears to hear what the Spirit is saying that would revolutionize your life and indeed the church. Imagine one week everyone in here being a missionary, going for God. And instead of coming in here to hear my stories, somebody else's stories, You come in with your own story. Oh, you'll never guess what. I had no intentions of going to Liddles to get the middle at Liddle, as attractive as it is. But I felt so God said go. And so I bypassed Tesco's and I went to Liddles, and you'll never guess what. Browsing amongst the garden furniture, there was something I felt God said go to them. And so I went to them, and I says, how are you doing? How's your day been? Oh, it's gone fine. Are you a person of faith? You got faith? You ever thought about Jesus? You ever thought about him? That's the stories of missionaries. And then missionaries in Iran only, or China. But who are you? Still waiting to be written in the northeast of Scotland that needs re-evangelized, re-fired up for the gospel of Jesus. If you want to be included in a prayer and I'm not conjoling nobody, you don't want it, you don't have to. 
And the noise could have said no. Just stand to your feet. Now, pray a prayer. And got to delay this. I've spoken enough. If you want to go for God, a lot of sermons, to be honest, could sometimes it's burst to a boredom. And you just feel bored with this whole Christian life. And you think, Fitz missing. Look, I'll read the stories. It's missing. It's missing is the stories. It's missing is me being available. I want to tell you, if God causes you to be bored, we just attend in church. It's maybe the greatest gift he'll ever give you. Because then you need to examine, this is now the life I'm supposed to be living. The message of life, abundant life, born again, got a Holy Spirit. If it's missing is, we take our life back and we see church and Jesus from a different perspective. And God says, let him be your perspective for life. I would even say, don't worry about ministry. Rest in him. Be available to him. Jesus says, as I have been sent, I'm sending you. But don't worry about it. Don't panic about it. Just know that I'm sending you. Be available. Be close. Jesus, you see your people. We see the need. The need of the day is near another church idea. Deliver us for this. Take us into the fullness, the fullness, the fullness of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Take us into the promised land that we would hear the voice of the Spirit. That if you was to say go on a minute or on a day, we would listen and we would pack our things and go. We thank you that you are the Lord of the harvest. That even now, out with church buildings, praise God. You're working in people's life. You're causing them to listen, to cast in crowns, good, good Father, and many of them are Googling, what is Jesus, what is faith, and who is God, and how do I get him? You're speaking to people in the middle of the night. You're causing them even to be anxious so that they may turn to Christ and live. And we pray there'll be a turning of the tide of the church in the Western world that wouldn't be so so consumer-focused and turning up to see if we can get. But we would come having enough in Jesus to overflow and seeing if we can give into this community and the hurt and broken, lost people. Like the eunuch just wondering, fit ah, oh, but I need soul, I understand, unless somebody sent to explain this to me. Help us to be sent ones, and may we go, may we go, may we go, may we go for God to be available. The God of life, the God of love. And we pray for a revisiting of the missionary lifestyle for the church of the living God. We'd be excited, excited. We're more excited of being in love with Jesus on a Monday than we are of coming into church on a Sunday. We'd be more undone in fellowship. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to keep ourselves available and connected. Teach us where it is to hear this 
treasures in simple jars or clay that's broken and brittle. And if you could do it for a Philip and do it for a Peter, Jesus, you can do it for us. Would you continue to move through your body? And may we see signs, wonders, and miracles. They wouldn't wait for an appeal with some guy on a Sunday. We go out with an appeal. We look forward to people being healed for sicknesses, but on the street. We look forward to being people being set free, but not in a service in a supermarket. We look forward to people coming to faith, not through a guest speaker on a Sunday, but through a you, through a me. Out where this was, out where this time, people will get saved. And saved people would look for a church. And they would come here and other places to join the dots. In Jesus' name we pray. Seal us, fill us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And ask a worship team to come up. My prayer is that we did not just leave here and forget. Life can be busy, we can rush. So as preachers just drive him a point. So it's sometimes your, your hope is that it's the only thing they will mind, and if it's the only thing they'll mind, they'll maybe mind the rest. We do cliches or fine sound bites to impress us. If the only thing you leave here is go, 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 go for God. Go for God. We trusted Jesus, we trust you. As I was sent, send others. Let's go with the message, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's be bold, let's be unashamed. If somebody says they're sick, yeah, I do. We'll pray for you in the prayer meeting. For they're not at, and I'm not at, and nobody's at. Well, a few people are. But they might not be. That's a point. Do you realize you've got within you? They had this paracetamol and some hair fever tablets. Let's pray. For Elisha was a man like us. He prayed for it to rain, and it rained. He was a human just like you. Prayed for a miracle that happened. We're all humans. But yet God is using us, the ones that he died for, his body, to reach out into places, to set people free. Let's praise him and let's worship him. We've had an amazing time together. The kids are back. We'll take up our tithes and offerings. We don't take tithes and offerings lightly. We can that people, it's, times are difficult. But as part of our worship, we get into the store. Who said God? The bottom line is, if nobody gave, there'd be no coffee as you came in. There'd be no lights on. There'd never be heating on. Wouldn't there be electricity? To switch on amplifiers and instruments. God bless us. Even in this tough time for them that generously give other offerings. Let's praise them.